Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppy. I am excited to be joined by Pat Lanny from NJ Advanced Media covering Rutgers. Pat, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So let's start off with quarterback for Rutgers. Iowa certainly has had its own quarterback question marks. It seems like Rutgers has some question marks there too, just for different reasons. Yeah, it's it's like so hard for me to to talk about and explain this in under 30 seconds. So I'll try to be concise with this, but um, I could really spend 25 minutes talking about this because it's been one of those uh, ongoing circuses, if you will. So the concise version of it for you Iowa fans out there is this. They're down to one scholarship quarterback um, available. That's Evan Simon. He played last week against Temple and struggled a bit at times as the offense really struggled. So Evan Simon's listed probably as the as the go-to guy to start Saturday. Um, Noah Vedral, who was the starter the last two years, has been working his way back from a training camp injury. He's a quote-unquote game-time decision. And the promising, uh, you know, youngster Gavin Wimsett who many thought would be the the guy this year got hurt in the temple game last week. And he's also a game time decision. So to put it concisely, look for Evan Simon. And, and like I said, last week, the offense struggled a little bit under his direction. So uh, if you're a Hawkeye fan, that's probably good news. And this seems to be a Rutgers offense that likes to run the ball a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's, what was uh, so concerning last week, they were really good running the ball against Boston College and then Wagner, you take it for what it was playing an FCS team. But uh, the offensive line took a step back, I would say, last week. And it's been a been a bit of the concern of how the offensive line is going to play. And um, they've certainly restructured it a little bit this season and they've gotten bigger through the transfer portal. But, you know, matching up against Iowa, defensive line I think is certainly going to be a concern it's funny this is probably sounding a little familiar to Iowa listeners a quarterback question marks <laughs> issues with the offensive line they're keeping them from being able to run the ball it does seem like they have some talent though at wide receiver well the interesting you say that I mean they they do have a lot of receivers but they're still looking for the the guy and um I think a lot of that has been constricted with what's happening at quarterback right so it's a chicken or the egg situation do you have receivers do you have a quarterback can you not get them the ball are they getting open it's hard to say but i'd say Rutgers is deep at receiver but they don't have a guy like i think iowa just got their guy back right yeah they got one of theirs with nuclear regani mm-hmm. and keegan johnson looked like he was me back and then oh wait maybe not we found out this week yeah. So, I mean, Rutgers has a, you know, a long list of receivers and they thought they had a really good number one receiver coming in from Syracuse, this guy, Taj Harris. And he was Syracuse's top receiver two years ago and put up some gaudy numbers really. But um, he just, he left the program last or two weeks ago. And that's kind of re, you know, raised all, all, all of these different question marks. So there's a void at receiver, quarterback question marks, and and really just an offensive step back last week. So I think Rutgers is coming into this game 
three and oh but with a lot of question marks but on the flip side i'm sure we're going to get there and talk about defense in this game right like oh yes a record setting low over under is certainly something to not look forward to i guess right for the fans like you don't want to see a another seven three game but Unless you really appreciate good defense and good special teams, which we'll get to too. If you love defense and special teams, this is great. But you don't play golf and football. It's not the lowest score wins. Yeah, I think both teams want that this week, though. Try to be (laughs) try to win a two nothing game. Iowa already has seen seven to three with two safeties and a field goal. So, was that your newspaper, by the way, that had the they took out the O's? Yes, it was in the headline. That was one of the best things I saw all year. Thank you. That was. I wish I could take credit. We have some great sports copy editors slash designers who came up with that. And when I saw that, I just died laughing. There, Same. my pickem for the Iowa Nevada game was that this is the best chance for Iowa to put the O back in Iowa, yeah, which they did with 27 points, but we'll see against this Rutgers defense, which is a great segue here into what should Iowa fans expect? Let's start off with the defensive line. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a stat that probably is going to shock you guys. (laughs) Rutgers ranks first in the FBS in rush yards allowed per game. Wow. 32.3. Um, and a lot of that success has stemmed from the defensive line, which has been really, really good so far. So um, Boston College came in as a passing team, so not a lot of success on the ground, which is weird for Boston College. But still, Rutgers shut down that run game really well. Wagner, you know, you play in FCS, so it was totally lopsided. So you get to pad the stats there a little bit. But they also held Temple to under, you know, 35 yards a game, 35 yards last week. So Rutgers has been great against the run. Defensive line has been really good. The emergence of Wesley Bailey, he's a sophomore, has been promising. And this guy, Aaron Lewis, who uh, we agreed on our podcast this week, has been kind of their team MVP through the first three weeks. He had 11 tackles, a forced fumble last week. So look out for number 71. That's Aaron Lewis and uh, Wesley Bailey on the defensive line. And then what about linebackers? Okay. You know, when you go through training camp and you're like, all right, what's the number one biggest concern for Rutgers? It was who the heck is going to play linebacker because they lost three to the end or three, three to graduation, three starters to graduation. And we're really thin. Rutgers made kind of national news when they were trying to get this guy, Drew Singleton back. He was um, declared for the NFL draft and took an agent, but got hurt in that whole Gator Bowl situation when they got into the game on like five days notice. So they tried to apply for a hardship. Anyway, lost the appeal. Long-winded answer of saying they had no depth at linebacker, really big question marks. But um, one of the surprises so far is that how well Tyreen Powell and Deion Jennings have stepped up for Rutgers at linebacker. Um, they've been playing great and a big part of the reason why they're, they're, they're stuffing the run so well and um, playing great, playing great at linebacker. So, Defense overall, Rutgers has kind of been just like Iowa, like really, really the reason why they're winning games. 32.3, you said, right? Yeah, rush yards per game. Wow. Obviously, that might change going into Big Ten by the time Big Ten play is done. But no to question. be that low, even for a three-game stretch. 
For Rutgers to rank number one in FBS in anything has to surprise a lot of people, right? So <laughs> it's uh, it's certainly early, and you're right. Competition is is what it is through three games in the non-conference, but that's when Shiano had his best teams at Rutgers, that was always it. Play the run really well and run the ball really well. So, yeah, it's been a, been a great stat, and, and the defense. And here's the other one that people – lose track of is how good Rutgers has been forcing turnovers and not turning the ball over. They, they have not turned the ball over. Um, they haven't put it on the ground. They've thrown a few interceptions, but haven't fumbled. And uh, they're nine and zero when they don't turn the ball over in Shiano's wow. tenure. So that that's going to be the key to the game for me. And this is, it's sounding very familiar to Iowa, Iowa right? a team right? that really benefits thrives you could say when they are able to win the turnover margin they've thrived from being able to limit the run so it's interesting to see how it's almost like the iowa's big 10 east doppelganger here you're 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 so right and i think shiano was so complimentary of kirk ferentz this week in his in his uh press conference just about the way that he coaches and the establishment of a program for so long, like that's what Shiano wants to build, like a team that is consistently good defensively, a team that doesn't make mistakes and a team that's just really well coached. I think what you're seeing at this season at Rutgers is a young team that's, that's just building towards that and using Iowa kind of as a model for success. Like if, if there's a program that Rutgers wants to be, there's no question it's Iowa. And it's funny that you bring that up with what Chiano said in his press conference, because Kirk then in his press conference was very complimentary of what he's been doing at Rutgers and saying that they're playing with an identity. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how this matchup, it seems to be a lot of mutual respect between these two coaches. Yeah. I think they're, they're both really good coaches and obviously have had success in many, in many ways, right? Obviously, Shiano's where he took this program from to now is is even a, a great story. And then the one defensive position group we haven't talked about yet, defensive backs. What does this Rutgers secondary look like? Very experienced. Um, very experienced and on paper, one of their better position groups. Um, they play five. They play a lot of five. Uh, you know, four two five, but maybe that changes against a, a rushing team like Iowa, but they're using uh, a safety Christian Izian kind of as a, in the box safety, um, more of a, more of a run stuffer than, than like a, a coverage guy at safety. So um, at, at cornerback, they, they've had a really good emergence from Robert Longerbeam. He's a sophomore. And then on the other side, uh, Max Melton, who some say is probably their most talented player and best NFL prospect. So cornerback's good safety. You got a couple experienced guys there and, and they're using Christian Izian as kind of a, you know, a flex, like a hybrid kind of safety linebacker position. Another thing where Iowa fans are thinking, okay, they're a little used to seeing a four, two, five themselves. Yeah. Okay. That's that, that's how Iowa plays. Yeah, it's technically they call it cash where they put in that fifth safety oftentimes, but then they'll oftentimes against more run heavy teams going to four, three. Mm -hmm. So it's either the Leo or the cash that they have that kind of adjusts it from a four, three to a 
four two five, but against passing teams, which we're seeing more right. and more of, it's a lot of four two five. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know that's. But when you get a Rutgers versus Iowa game, maybe this is the time we see, we see something different from from Rutgers and, and both teams really. But I don't know. Like I said, linebacker depth is definitely an issue at Rutgers. So if you're Iowa, that's probably what you want to exploit. And then I can't go without talking about the most important position battle of this week punter okay yeah are you writing a story about this because i'm writing a story about this i am writing a story uh, about fantastic this. i'm writing right. a story the same day that we're recording this oh fantastic so, yes i think right. everyone is going to be writing a punting story by the time this game happens yeah <laughs> how could you not how could you not so your guys an australian right Yes, both from Melbourne, Australia. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. All right, let's not steal each other's angles. So let's not uh, let's not <laughs> try to dive into this one too deep. But yeah, our guy Adam Korsak from Melbourne, Australia. He was a Ray guy finalist last year. Really talented guy. He had an awesome game against Iowa. I want to say it was eighteen 20, or twenty or nineteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Right. Yeah, and uh, that was really like his coming out wow like oh, oh my god he, I think he pinned five inside the five and one bounced all the way to the one so yeah I listened to um I guess they had it on BTN your punter after that 7-3 game and someone <laughs> in the audience was like well what are you gonna do now or something he had some great some great quotes I don't know if you remember them yeah like and the funny thing too is like Tori has a sense of humor about things too. Yeah, like yeah. he had one comment this week about how because somebody was asking that he's been able to pin a lot of guys inside the 20, especially this year. Last year there were a decent number of touchbacks, and some of that was injuries to the people who are at Gunner. But he's really been great at pinning guys inside the 20, inside the 10, oftentimes. And somebody asked about how much did Australian rules football help? And he said something like, I don't need, I'll sound maybe like a smart ass saying this, but it's not really that difficult yeah. was the gist of what he was saying. Right. And we're seeing it both with Tori and with Adam Yeah, where they head to the big 10 and both teams have really benefited from their field position advantage. There's no, there's no question like Corsac, was Rutgers MVP last season plain and simple right like that it's it has to be said and this season he uh didn't get to punt again against Wagner right yeah because it Rutgers didn't punt but he's been obviously the master our columnist wrote a huge long profile about how he actually does the punting and and called him the punting Picasso and that's that <laughs> that was perfect that was perfect well, if you're a punting fan, this could be like a trip to an art museum then. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're an Australian trying to get into like college football, you got two guys to root for. Yeah. You know, Australia, everyone there is probably rooting for like a zero zero. No, it'll be like a four to two game with all safeties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three safeties. <laughs> you know, I was already seen a game with two. So only right. need to add one more. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in terms of field goal kicking, that's probably going to be an important area of this game as well with just the strength of these two defenses. 
Iowa made the switch to Drew Stevens, a true freshman. Things seemed to work out pretty well for him in his first game kicking field goals. What is Rutgers' situation there at that position? Uh, so Rutgers kicker Jude McAtamney, another fascinating story. They got this guy out of Ireland and also through the same kind of uh, – it's called Pro Kick Australia. I'm not sure if your guy's from that program as well. Yeah. I think he is, right? So – Jude McAtamney played D2 football last year. Rutgers pulled him out of the portal. Really strong leg. He had a 49-yarder last week. But he's he's missed a kick in every game so far, whether it was an extra point or a short. Like, he's he's been really good from far and just inaccurate from, like, under 30 yards, which is, I think, maybe just jitters or something. But I think he's he's a legitimately good kicker with a bright future. A little counterintuitive where the longer field goals have been easier than the chip shots. Right, right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but, you know, maybe just first couple game jitters. Yeah. Well, do you have a score prediction yet? Well, listen, we did our, I'll I'll plug our podcast, The Rutgers Rant, if you guys want to give it to give it a listen. We did a a little bit of a Iowa preview and uh, somehow I talked myself into a Rutgers win. And the reason (laughs) why was because, Rutgers hasn't had an awesome night crowd rocking stadium in a, in a few years, just because of how down the program has been. And I think that the way these two teams mirror each other. And I think when you factor in the turnovers and of course, Iowa protects the ball really well and the defense is so good, but I think Rutgers just mirrors that so well. And you get into one of these fourth quarter games that Rutgers has the chance to steal this one and a four and start for Rutgers is a dream. So I'm, I, I took Rutgers in our podcast. I'm going to put it in print in the newspaper on Saturday, and I'm going to put it here on the Hawk off the press podcast. I'm going to go Rutgers 17, Iowa 14 and the under. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's going with the under. I don't think there's any doubt about that, that these right. teams aren't going to combine to score. I think it moved up to 35. Oh my and God. I was thinking, Man, that's like an easy under <laughs> there. Like, take your money right there from the bank and yeah. throw it at that. So I think this could be a game that I think Iowa fans might overlook because it's Rutgers. And obviously Rutgers has a reputation of not being the most competitive in the Big Ten ever since they joined the conference. But this could be a pesky team. That being said, I think Iowa has the talent advantage in a couple different positions defense has been outstanding we'll see in terms of offensive line I think that's a major question mark they need to have some improvement there against a team that's not Nevada and even against Nevada if you take out the two big running plays the 40 yard and 55 yard touchdowns skew the yards per carry a little bit so I'm saying right now Iowa 16 Rutgers 7 And if anyone's wondering how I get to 16, that'd be one touchdown and three field goals. As tempting as it would be to say like two field goals and five safeties. (laughs) Yeah, way on the under. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we agree on the under. We agree on the potential for safeties in this game. We just disagree on our our, uh, final prediction, which for me, uh, of course, I was the... The, the outlier on our podcast, everyone else went with Iowa, but I went with the Homer pick this week. So 
Well, good to be a contrarian sometimes. Absolutely. I got to get back in the race. We have a little competition and uh, I gave one back last week. So I'm hoping not to give another one back. See, I got ahead a little bit because I was brave enough to pick Iowa State over Iowa as the Mm. Iowa beat writer and got that one right. But then I picked, I had a little too much confidence in Northern Iowa last week. So yeah, I need to pick up some ground here, but I don't think Iowa Rutgers is going to be where I'm going to pick up that ground. So yeah, right, right, right. Well, Pat, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. This was a blast and we'll see you in Jersey. Yes. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. I'll be back with another episode after the game. Until then, we will talk Hawks later.